0: It's really been a wonderful experience. And I think that was the really great thing about this book was that after my first child, that was such a jarring experience and and it was hard to feel all those feelings. But then also the cooking aspect was something that I was really familiar with. And it was a way of like getting back to myself and realizing that I could have a hobby still. This was something I could do at home with my daughter you know, wearing her most of the time in those early days. And it really, yeah, it was mindful. Like it brought me back to myself. It was sort of like yoga for my hands, you know? I mean, I could keep my brain doing something, but then I was going through these different poses with my hands and it was so familiar, but life was really much more relatable.
1: Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. I'm Ariel Green Anderson.
0: My name is Mats Anderson.
1: We're bringing you raw, real, and unfiltered stories from around the world.
0: Are you an IP parent?
1: Hey, it's Ariel Anderson, and you just heard Jamie Hall, incredible, incredible, mother and author inspiring us to create and be on our path inside of motherhood she has written the book alternative alchemy recipes and mindful baking with cbd herbs and aptogens we had a a wonderful conversation i learned so much you guys i've been curious about cbd for especially for my mother who's 82 and has so much pain and anxiety especially these days and i thought uh, hmm, I should explore this and find out more about that. People give us gifts all the time of this. I never have used it. And I thought, let's check this out. And Jamie just gave me a new perspective. I love the book, just touching it, even just, I get so excited. I think it's just got the this depth and heaviness to it. And each page is like you're in the room with her. It's conversational. It's light. It's simple and easy. And it's exactly what you need when you're baking. Not this strict, stressful, you know, experience. So I, you are gonna love this book. And we're gonna have a giveaway later. So you definitely want to hang out and uh, wait for that at the end. And it's you're gonna want this book even if you don't do CBD and herbs. The recipes themselves are so yummy and healthy, which is all that any recipe should ever be. You never should never taste healthy. Okay. It should taste good. And everybody in your house uh, needs to want to eat the food that you make and not, oh no, not that again. It's so healthy. Okay. So I just want to put that out there. We're going to jump in in just a minute. Of course, I want to say thank you. I also want to thank you, all of you who showed up. I just spontaneously decided to dive in. I'd been thinking about it for weeks and then I just, nothing was going right with technology and I just said, oh, F it. I'm just going to go ahead and do something for Black Friday weekend and Cyber Monday. So those of you who showed up either live or for the replay, we had both on Imperfect Parenting on uh, Instagram and on my midlife pregnancy channel there I did lives every day you guys and also put out a couple specials and we've got this incredible workshop coming up on Sunday the 6th at 10 30 pacific time and the special is over which was a bundle however uh, you know if you're interested I will put a link down and I will give you some sort of Covid price, it won't be the same, but I will. Uh, yeah, I'll throw in something there, and you guys can jump in. And it's basically it's midlife pregnancy, since this is there our day for midlife pregnancy. It's uh, foundations two. There's foundations one and two, and uh, I touch on some of the things that were in one as far as um, yeah the real important essentials that you need before you even really step on that path or step back on that path of pregnancy. But this is going to be live in Zoom. And uh, at a fraction of what I normally charge for a session. So it should be really cool. And because it's a smaller group, you're going to get really high touch. Meaning if you want to get in a hot seat or ask questions, I'm right in there with you. Okay. Not selling, just mentioning it. Okay. I'm really excited about that because it's just a precursor to a bunch of workshops that we're putting out and as well uh, for the midlife pregnancy program coming up in 2021. All right. That's enough of that. You guys are out there on so many platforms. I can't even count them all now. I think I counted 18. I don't know how many it was. And we're getting really bumping up to one of our goals. I'm kind of excited about as far as downloads. And meanwhile, you're still out there on your continent, in your country, in your language. And you're listening here in this room. We're all together. We're a community no matter what's happening out there. We are together in this place. And I will see you again, one day out in uh, IP underscore parenting, which is where I did the offer along with the um, on my list, which is a very, very small, intimate list. And uh, these days, I'm that's what I'm doing. And you know that I don't put things up on the blog all the time. I will put Jamie in there today because there's so much great information. Uh, I just can't keep up with all the platforms and do YouTube and be here for you. So, it's a mad world, and we just have to adjust to what is instead of waiting for things to be the way they were. So, on that note, I want to jump right into Jamie and my conversation. I uh, listen up, there's so much good information. She's very real about her process of creating, so honest and open about just the organization and the reality and how she included her kids and her own journey of pain and finding solutions and the depth of community that has been created simply by her putting out there and sharing her own story and her discoveries and this is what each of us need to do. She is laying the path down for you to be reminded not only to dive into these incredible recipes and feel good and feel at ease, and this—how did she put it? Like a cool breeze is has is blowing over you, yet to also create to feel that center uh, inside yourself in the way that I got to experience with her. So, here we go, Jamie Hall, and this incredible book: Alternative Alchemy Recipes and Mindful Baking and CBD Herbs and Aptogens. Here we go, Jamie. Welcome, Jamie Hall. I'm super excited to have you on Imperfect Parenting today. Thank you. Uh, I think I'm just north of you, or not just north, but uh, we're up in the
0: Sonoma wine country up in Healdsburg. You know, I just came back from Calistoga. Oh, I- we were just in Calistoga yesterday. That's amazing. That's funny. Yeah, I went for a uh, three days with a friend of mine who's a stylist, and she was shooting one of the hotels out there and invited me to that mostly empty hotel as her guest so I was in a couple of the pictures so that my food was free it was great <laughs> <laughs> well that's lovely I'm sure with uh, all that you've been doing to
1: bring your new book out which we're going to talk about in just a couple minutes here I'm sure you really needed that time to decompress and recharge
0: <laughs> it was it was very very nice to get a couple of days without being woken up by a mommy <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about that.
1: <laughs> my daughter will actually lift my eyelids, take off my mask, mm-hmm. even in the middle of the night. So I, I hear you. <laughs> uh, well, before we get that, I would love for you just to, before we talk about your amazing book and all the great things I have to say about it, uh, <laughs> I would love for you just to tell our audience a little bit about who you are, whatever you want to share. Uh, we just, now they know you're in Southern California, but
0: uh, just how you got to this moment right now, whatever you want to. Sure. Um, I, <laughs> I, I definitely got to this moment right now because I am um, the mother of now two. Um, so I, I first, um, became interested in CBD when my first child, my daughter was born. Um, and she's now eight. So, um, beyond that, I am an archivist. I'm a librarian and I, so I have a full-time job doing that. I work at Netflix and um, and then now I homeschool, and um, I also have what four four chickens, two bunnies, one cat, one husband, and and a son who's four. So.
1: <laughs> wow, well, wow. that's a lot. That's a lot to to manage and coordinate on top of putting yeah. out your. Great new book, which I have to just show people, even though you're on a podcast, you can't see it, but you're going to see it in the, the blog called Alternative Alchemy, which I love the name, by the way, especially mm-hmm. I've been living in the Czech Republic in Prague and alchemy still exists there. So when I see this, it's just, it's just such a, it just draws you in. And then I got confused. So I want you to, uh, well, not I didn't get confused, but I think some people might not know what all of these things are, which is great recipes and mindful baking. I love that. With CBD herbs and actagens. Can you help people? I think people have been hearing a lot about CBD, and some people up in Northern California and in California, certain parts of the world, you, you're hearing a lot more about that and understand what it is. But a lot of people have some misconceptions about what CBD is. And so, you know, yeah, I would just love for you to start with what uh, CBD herbs we kind of know. And apothegms, maybe those two to just sort of educate people, so they're not automatically going CBD. I'm turning this off. I don't do pot or whatever. Right.
0: No. <laughs> so, so to start with, it's CBD is not THC. Um, they're they're different. Um, I like to use the example of again food because I kind of think in terms of foods. So it's it's kind of like the egg white and the egg yolk, or um, skim milk versus full fat milk. Um, they're, they're components of the same thing, but they, they're very, very different and they, they affect the body in a really different way. So THC is what we're all, you know, used to from like dazed and confused and sinking into the couch and and that kind of thing. And, And that's, that's great too, but it's for a very specific kind of mindset and CBD on the other hand, does not equate to, you know losing track of your thoughts or any loss of control you you don't feel high um it's usually what I describe as an absence of what you feel um it's it, it helps take away kind of anxiety um it's it's just it's it's a cool breeze kind of in the midst of a of a busy chaotic life and um it's it's a very gentle and mild thing, and it's just very different than THC. Um, in terms of adaptogens, adaptogens are um, a naturally occurring substance. Anything that helps our body re regulate itself. So um, there there are actually quite a few, but um, in the book I use um, a lot of chaga, and um, you know things things that are sort of. Um, powder, Makuna, things, things that, um, are dried and you can add them into smoothies and and cakes and bars and all kinds of things. And they help the body regulate itself. So lots of little naturally occurring things that can kind of help us reset things and get things back on track. Nice.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I just, I always feel like when, uh, when uh, people pick up something and they're like "Ooh, alternative alchemy oh what's an adaptogen you know and uh, it actually piqued my interest and of course you can see I have already in just the days that I've had this put uh, for those of you who can't see I have put uh, multiple different colored sticky notes according to my family members and who would like this
0: and
1: and I actually the pink ones are with my daughter so I would do like a half half where I would have half of it, where we, I'm actually going to maybe try the CBD for my mother who's 82, who's having a lot of anxiety during these kind of crazy days, yes. as well as body issues. Uh, and I thought it would just split up so the whole family could enjoy it. And you know, some of them will yeah. try the, the actual alchemy, right? <laughs> so, yes. Uh, but I also, I loved how you had sort of a secret code in there. At least that's how it felt for me. It reminded me mm-hmm. of these books I had as a kid where you'd open it up and you'd be like, what does the pink writing mean, you know, (laughs) in each recipe? And it kind of piqued my interest. And then I sort of started thinking more about, uh, you know, the title of your book and thinking, hmm, I bet that this is connected. So tell tell our audience a little bit about this. So if they're... lazy like me and and start with the recipes because I get so excited about the food part and then I go back to reading the explanations in the beginning what Mm -hmm. what are the little what's the little pink writing in each of the recipes about
0: so we we went through and we denoted what was um, the CBD and what was an adaptogen and um, you're right it is a little bit like a secret code so we we went through and just kind of bolded them to make sure that as kind of an afterthought that you can, that you know, that you're reminded that those are, those are the kind of the alchemy parts. Um, And most of the recipe, I mean, actually all of the recipes could be made without any of the additives. I mean, you could make, I often make things without CBD, which people seem to find that really shocking. Like the idea that I'm just constantly cooking away in my kitchen and just making huge cakes for myself with CBD in them all the time. (laughs) That's not the case. Um, we do a lot of the smoothies and things like that on a regular basis. And my husband and I will put CBD in them um, when we have them. And, and my kids have certainly had it for like an ear infection when we don't want to, you know, do prolonged Tylenol or for sleep issues and things like that. That's clearly a very personal choice, but um, anything can be made without it. But those, those are little, it's yes, a code to kind of remind you that that's the special part of the book.
1: <laughs> and I'm glad that you brought up the piece about kids because you mentioned it a little bit in in the beginning of the book, uh, your recipe book. And I just was curious about how your journey has been about that um, kind of from start to today. Has it changed at all? And what advice would you give people when they're you know approaching the idea if they've never used anything like this before uh, when they're approaching their kids?
0: Yeah. Um... So specifically in regard to
1: kids taking it or. Well, let's say adult and kids and like how you would, you know, compare
0: and contrast the decision-making and all that. Yeah. I mean, uh, everything is a very personal choice. I know I I had someone come up to me when I was pregnant with my son um, and ask me if I was, are are you really drinking that kombucha while you're pregnant? I remember just being like, is it your business? (laughs) Like, I mean. But so, I mean, obviously everything is very, very personal. Everyone has their own interpretation of, of what, you know, how they feel everything. And, and, um, and I'm very respectful of that. I, I've found CBD to be very helpful. Um, It is, I think it's very helpful with my children as well. But like I said, we really do. It's medicinal only. Like, I don't just use it as like a, oh, you're really wild today. Why don't you have a brownie? Um, right. <laughs> got to have like a very specific it's got to have a very specific purpose and and they're actually remarkably good about knowing that um because i i i have sold this food for so long they have they've been really good about knowing that you know oh that's a grown up brownie and i'm not going to have that brownie um so that that's been good um but let's see i i have found the best way to begin with cbd is at least for me i i have used it as almost a microdose um i'm a person who likes to really know what i'm getting into and i wasn't wanting any kind of really big wave of of alteration on how i felt i just wanted to feel better so for me that meant you know doing something in the morning, something in the afternoon, and something in the evening, so that it was more like a a steady kind of swell rather than any sort of a wave. Um, I have always really liked to put it in the drinks um, to begin with, just because you can kind of make the full batch. And then you can dose things afterward. You can also dose it for a specific person because obviously we're all different. Everyone's tolerance and reactions to things. Like I, I have one friend who swears they can feel CBD and you know in a, in a really intense way, and I believe that. And uh, you know, then some friends who you'd never know that they can't feel anything. So it's it's very it's very subjective and. Um, I think, for the most part, though, there's there's a lot of really compelling evidence that it's very helpful and very gentle, and um, yeah, I, I think I, I think a slow a slow plugging away at, at you know figuring out what provides relief without making you uncomfortable is the way to do it. I, I
1: love that you bringing that up, and and definitely I for those of you who are very soon going to be going out to uh, get this book because it's really amazing I, I love even just the feel of the book but uh, it's just like heavy and it's got texture and uh and you talk about a lot of this so I mean I encourage you when you guys get the book to really read that first bit now I'm always the one who skips the instructions and goes straight into the fun and then go back and think oh wow I really should have read this and you're talking a little bit about it but you know Honestly, people, I'm going to say right now, this is not a first bit to skip. There's a lot of really juicy things in there. And um, the way that you uh, dig into this topic that we're talking about right now, it, it's I just felt like, oh, there's a kindred soul because for the last two years, my my daughter and I've been doing intuitive cooking and I've been who knows when it'll actually come out. But there's a cookbook kind of halfway between a Prague storage box and our brains. And I thought, oh, these two cookbooks would be absolute best friends because you talk about the mindfulness and what you're talking about now. I love how you're encouraging people in that beginning bit. And also in each recipe, I feel like you're, you're sitting with me and you're having a chat and you're just getting real and you're giving people permission to not be rigid. And like, this is the only formula, like you just said, you have to take this much and this is how you should do it and these are the exact ingredients but you give people the freedom which not everyone automatically feels to create their own experience and mm-hmm. to trust their own intuition and um i think in more in general not only with recipes but in life it's such an incredibly valuable tool and a thing that we need for our lives to give ourselves permission and that you're incorporating that into this uh, recipe book you know listen to what is your feeling about how much you should put in Regarding the CBD and also with the the milks that you choose or the measurements <laughs> and the things you don't, if you don't oh have the mixer, God. then do this. I love that. I was just like, oh, thank you, Jamie, You're for it. saying it out
0: loud, you know? Well, I, I think it's, it's definitely not um, the overwhelming way that people are taught to bake I know like e- even even as a, a person who's been baking for quite some time like I'll still hear people say like oh well baking is an exact science and some of it really is like if you're gonna make bread yeah you probably don't want to like deviate too much from the instructions or it might not work um but I I have really found the opposite to be true of of baking for me I lo- like the the real joy in it has been from Oh, I don't have that. I'm going to do this, and then when when we stopped doing so much dairy and and started to do mostly you know non dairy and and to really experiment with you know um, the different nut flowers and things like that, it was such a sometimes it was frustrating obviously because I've had some kitchen catastrophes as most of us have, but I've it's it's really been a wonderful experience, and I think that was the really great thing about this book was that after my first child, that was such a jarring experience, and and it was hard to feel all those feelings. But then also the cooking aspect was something that I was really familiar with, and it was a way of like getting back to myself and realizing that I could have a hobby still. This was something I could do at home with my daughter, you know, wearing her most of the time in those early days. And it really, yeah, it was mindful. Like it brought me back to myself. It was sort of like yoga for my hands, you know, I mean, I could keep my brain doing something, but then I was going through these different poses with my hands and it was so familiar that life was really much more relatable. I love it.
1: I love it. Cause I, I, my daughter and I were very similar. She started in the kitchen and in, in a wrap, you know, mm-hmm. often me working around her creating things. So I love that visual and I know that we have so many listeners who can relate and just that you you're making it reminding us to have fun and to be willing to experiment and like you said when you're trying and a lot of people these days are more and more and more looking at um they're changing their diets and adjusting things according to what's going on with their bodies and it can be really frustrating because and and you address this in the book as well you get tired of having things that taste healthy And that the process is just grueling. You know, there's a couple other books that come out of LA that I I won't mention, but I will just say that the process of creating these raw things, is just, oh my gosh, it's just uh, overwhelming. And if you're a mom, you know, you just want to, you want to get in, get out, you want to enjoy it while you're doing it, but you don't want it to be a six hour process. So I love that you talk about just not having to give up taste, you know, and the experience because- you know, you can have good tasting cookies that are healthy and wholesome and not mm-hmm. feel like you're
0: eating sawdust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's such a it's it's a shame because I think the reason that people get that impression is because the reason you start getting things that taste like sawdust are if you need them to sit on a shelf for a really long time and you're not putting real food into them. Like, you know, real food makes food really yummy and it's, you're supposed to eat it like within a day or two. And if any longer than that, and it's not going to taste very good, but, or it's going to fall apart. But I mean, I kind of, I, I, I tell people that really lovingly with my stuff. Like if you want to keep it longer than a day, put it in the refrigerator and it just, it's not meant to last forever. I don't use preservatives, I don't use anything that's not recognizable as food, and it totally falls apart after a while. It's not meant to last forever. It's supposed to be eaten. Um, yeah, it's it it it's hard to eat a normal cookie. I will say that. Like they're they're good cookies, good bar. <laughs> and you
1: started out before this uh, recipe book. Do I understand well that you were actually creating, creating them for your own family, then you were uh, giving and selling them to your circle and your community?
0: Is that kind Past- of what? Started to evolve. Uh, I 100%. love 100%. <laughs> um, it was it was definitely um, a, a community builder for us. Like I, I'm from Missouri originally. I grew up in a in a really small town, and and um, my mom has constantly worried about that for me. So my daughter was born in Brooklyn, and then we moved um, back to LA when she was about a year. And we didn't know anyone. We were some of the first people, especially in LA, that we knew that you know had children. And um, we moved to a new neighborhood, and I absolutely made friends from you know drinking one of my lattes out of a, a mason jar on, in the playground, and you know having somebody ask if they could have one or what it was, and then talking to them about it, and just having people get really excited for me and other mothers sharing with other mothers. I mean, I've made cakes for intuition circles and baby showers and birthday cakes and kids' birthdays, like all kinds of things. And it's, it's really been such a nice feeling of community. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been great.
1: And I, I, did you already have the idea before things started to shift out in the community? How long have you been working on the book? To get it out to the world. <laughs>
0: um, so the book was written in full and it was done and, and turned into the publisher by S- September of last year. So I have been done with it for a while, other than a few tweaks on some of the recipes when we did some of the, um, you know, additional testing and things and like approving pictures and, and, um, moving things around and stuff like that. But, um, I have, I wrote, it's been written for quite some time and I have definitely been very focused on other things. Um, but I do still bake, I mean, almost every day and I, I'm, I've no longer been baking for other people, especially in the pandemic, just because you never know how that's received. I've still given a few people cakes and things like that, but, um, <laughs> but since we're not out and about anymore and you know, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been done for a little while, but it's, it's, so much more beautiful than I ever would have imagined. Like the publisher did an amazing job. My editor did a great job. Holly Ledoux, she was fantastic. Um, And then I just really, I worked with the most amazing photographer. And she, I mean, that's her house in the book, her beautiful dishes and arrangements and everything else. And she worked with me tirelessly on this. We didn't hire an art director, she and I did it. And I mean, I could not have done this without her. She's a just amazing mother too. Um, And, you know, we did all this and like we're driving together to go pick up her kids from kindergarten at the end of the day and then like helping me pack up so I could go get mine afterwards. So it was definitely a labor of love by two mothers. So
1: (laughs) I love that. I love that because uh, there's so much in here because one, I love encouraging people to uh, eat intuitively and, and create things. And at the same time, the premise of Um, imperfect parenting has really been about mothers sharing their stories of what's been possible amidst going to carpool and taking care of the house. And in your case as well, running a business and trying to get a book out that you're managed. You've got so many balls up in the air, but it's still possible. And, uh, and it is gorgeous. You guys, I know I've said it several times now, but I, I have been looking at so many cookbooks, actually, every time I'm even in a different country, uh, because we have family in different country. We were in Sweden and I actually spent, I couldn't understand half of what people were saying. So I just said, I'm going to go in this corner with all these great cookbooks and just look mm-hmm. through them to see what's gorgeous. And, and really the, the graphics and the way that a book feels really draws you in. I mean, we know that like when we go to a library, you're, you know, <laughs> I know you're working digitally, but as well, like when you're working with something, you know, even, you know, when I look at Netflix, of course the cover art does attract me or not, or the, the way that things are laid out and it makes a difference. And when you have put so much blood, sweat, and tears into creating something, of course, you want people to feel as excited about it. So you guys did an amazing job. And it's it's a pleasure to actually read it, not even in getting into the, the amazing ingredients that you have that just feels so simple and doable when you see it. It doesn't feel overwhelming. You just kind of want to... I, I actually told my daughter, maybe we could do something before I talk to Jamie. But that was not really.
0: <laughs> but we tried <laughs> they are yeah I mean they're they're not for the most part they are not difficult or fussy recipes like I'm just not a difficult or fussy baker I, like whether it's out of my realm of ability I don't know but like it's it's not the way that I it's not the way that I cook um but yes it's it's been it's been a wonderful book to write and to have the opportunity to make things for other people like while I was writing it I wasn't working full time other than being a stay at home mom with my kids and working on this book. So I, um, made meals for two other moms. That was like another thing that I was doing simultaneously. Like I I did meal planning for them and prep and would drop things off like twice a day. So there are recipes in there that are specifically for moms that, you know, working moms that didn't have time to make their own food that were really supporting me because, that, I mean, that's, we, we all held each other up. So it really, I can't stress the sense of community enough. Like I found my people in
1: <laughs> Can you share with us uh, just a touch more about the, the creative process as far as the um, creating the book for you and, and that community piece? Did it take years? Was it several months? What are some things that if somebody was um, looking to create in the future, and you know, amidst the intense reality of juggling reality of life that most mothers have, what so, would you advise them? Like, if say if you were to do it over again, or just to just share your your wisdom, what would you offer up?
0: No, that's that's such a good question. Um, I I have a friend. Um, my one of my son's best friends mothers is um, a really talented screenwriter and director and I was asking her about that because that's something that I really I think is great and I would love to do something like that so I was asking her what how do you get inspired and how do you organize everything and so I think that from the the cookbook writing process was for me the biggest thing to overcome and once I figured that out it felt like this huge gift it was how do I organize and structure everything so that, cause I, I did have a lot of the recipes, but I had the recipes on the backs of recipe cards, the backs of receipts written inside other cookbooks, whatever. So it was definitely like a few months of going through and you know creating my own archive and cleaning everything up and centralizing all of my stuff. And that's definitely the way my brain works as a librarian. And so I organized everything into a giant spreadsheet and i had the title and my ideas of what it would you know how i would put it on a plate or whatever and then i i would i linked it out in in a document and then had the recipe hyperlinked in a different place and so it was yeah like a hundred and something long spreadsheet and then wow. went through and tested everything at least twice and gave them gave all that stuff away and then when it came time to shoot the book we did three days each. Um, so it was six days total, divided into three. I would work until about two in the morning, making everything, putting it in a freezer or in a cooler. And then we would drive in the morning and we would do setup and production. And, and I already had some ideas and, and Gemma would help me and we would write down like what she thought, what I thought and inevitably everything she thought worked beautifully because that's the way her brain works. <laughs> Um, and that, that was the process. And I I will say that there are so many other things in life now that seem doable because I've realized if you can just break it down and figure out how you can organize it, you can, you can do it. So nice. (laughs) And how did you work with, how did your
1: kids work with your creating process? Because. I you said eight and how old is the other one again remind me? Your eight son? And four. Right. My daughter is four and loves being involved in everything. And mm-hmm. when the focus time comes, I know that it can be sometimes tricky to work with those boundaries. So how did you manage yeah. that? Or do you have a lot of helpers or how did you?
0: no, no, I had no helpers. (laughs) Um, I mean, they were the children were my helpers. Um, But yes, no babysitter helpers or anything like that. They were definitely around. Um, A lot of the time I got them to really be engaged by giving them like pieces of dough and things like that. And most of the time, as long as I was pretty chill with having an area of the kitchen that was going to just be annihilated, based on (laughs) developmentally where they were, um, it was okay. And then I just knew that, you know, we were, we were going to spend a little while cleaning up. Um, there was definitely a lot of chocolate eating and fortunately very few of the recipes have raw egg in them. So it's not a problem when they get sampled and things like that. Um, but yeah, I also had a lot of moms come and just talk to me while I did it and like our kids would play and things like that. So yeah. Yeah it was,
1: those are nice moments.
0: <laughs> yes. My son, when he was a baby was great and would sit in like a little Bjorn seat and just watch me. And we could just Ooh. like kind of talk. I know it was amazing. My daughter would have never done that. She would just wreck everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for sharing that piece. I mean, I always like to, yeah, I, it's important to find out how the kids fit into all this because sometimes that's the overwhelming factor is like, how do I, yeah, but let that letting go and that sort of into the imperfection of your kitchen, and just breathing into the explosion of flour, etc. You know, to the left of you, as you're trying to create something. Totally, I can kind of vision it actually as you're, mm. as you're talking about it. Um, we had some, I, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. I remember the first when my daughter was really small. My husband did something, which I had this really beautiful kitchen at the time, and I remember I'm not a you know really rigid about things, but I guess it had been a while since we've been messy, and I remember he. He said, okay, I'm gonna make some bowler, which in he's Swedish is cinnamon rolls. And he just put the bowl down on the floor and let her mix it, you know, like this. And I thought, okay, that's why I love you. You know, thanks for the reminder. Like we can make this work. And you know, so I I love that sort of vision of your your kids doing their own thing and feeling a part of it and you guys Mm -hmm. creating together. So that's lovely. I would love to come back around, to because, you know, this all started with your first pregnancy. And uh, some of my audience knows that in the next, I don't know, weeks or the beginning of the year, we're putting out a program for midlife pregnancy. And one of the, the things that comes up a lot, because some people have they're, they're on their second round of family and whatnot, is the body changes, they're dealing with perimenopause, as well as, you know, anxiety. And there's so many different things. And some of the things that you've talked about a little bit in the book, and uh, you touched on briefly um, about that, you could possibly use some of these recipes during pregnancy. Is that or is what would you be recommend Like before, during and after? Do you have any recommendations? if, uh, Or again, people are going to follow their own path. But what was your experience, and then people can take it from there, I guess.
0: Absolutely. Um, I I did um, with my second pregnancy. I did use CBD occasionally and felt really okay with that. Um, it it again. It's it's a very personal choice. Um, I had many many mothers that just would err on the side of caution, especially if they had had any kind of an issue, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, I I I. So I would make treats without CBD for those those mothers and and like zero judgment on that. And then I had others that you know wanted extra CBD, and that's okay too. I, I think it's all about your comfort level, you know your body, you know what you need, what you don't need. Yeah. I and mean, was I, it about people was it was about sleep or emotions or what do you, what were people most uh-huh. often? I had, I had some people that, that, um, had, I myself with both of my pregnancies late in the pregnancies, um, experienced terrible back pain, like worse than worse than the the natural childbirth that I was fortunate enough to have. It seemed easy after that because whatever happened, whatever happens in my body two weeks before my babies are born, when they drop, I guess, is this, agony, about a seven day slow agony. And, um, so I used CBD during that time. And I had a lot of other mothers that for aches and things like that would use it in in that sense. And then some that did use it for sleep, which of course is very difficult. The the more pregnant you get, um, some of the ironies of pregnancy, right? Um, Yeah. Um, but you know, there were some people that were even more concerned, I think about, um, just the the safety and the effects of, uh, the adaptogens and, um, just other, other herbs too. I mean, like, yeah, there were people that, that wanted to stay away from Chaga and astrologists and all that stuff. I mean, they were just nervous about it and that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, Oh, do,
1: do you agree that some of it comes back to um, I mean no judgment because everybody has to make their right choices but i, I I'm wondering and I, if you agree at all that i it, I feel like part of it is that we have uh, lost touch often with the ability to intuitively make decisions and so there's so much information out there that sometimes You know, you're like, but they say it's okay. They say it's not okay, and people just get overwhelmed, and so they just say no because, of course, you never want to feel like you've made a a decision that's going to um, do something to your child. You know, when you're making it for yourself, it's different, right? Right. But and then there's the fear factor that comes up. I mean, you even talked about before somebody was—I forgot what your example was—but just in foods, even. You know, I had people as well. You the the kombucha whether mm-hmm. there was CBD or not. I mean, people make decisions. I had people coming up to me in restaurants saying you're having a souffle. And I said, yeah, we're in a really good restaurant where I trust their ingredients mm-hmm. and I trust my gut feeling that it's okay here. Then you go to another place. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to have that cheese because I know that that's not feeling right. And it's okay over here to have some sushi. Cause again, I trust the source. I think it's kind of trusting yourself and your feeling about a place or who's providing it, that is really important to come back to because in the old, old, olden days, we had to trust which berries were okay to pick out in the field and hope that you didn't have to just watch someone die to make that decision.
0: Absolutely. And I I do feel like pregnancy gave me sort of um like spidey senses or something. Like <laughs> I remember really early on when I was pregnant with my daughter, washing dishes and like, stopping, turning off the water and like smelling the sponge and like holding it up for my husband and being like, do you smell that? It just smells so bad. And he was like, no, it smells like it always does. (laughs) But the other thing that like, I normally love avocados and I love salad, like any kind of salad is great. And I had such an aversion to, to both of those things for the early months of both of my pregnancies. And it was this crazy, like it's, it's your body knowing that I mean, not even if it's bad, but like that it might be bad, that it might be something that you shouldn't be eating right then, that it might make you really sick. So it knows to do that. And I thought that was amazing. And I really, really tried to lean into that as much as possible, always. And I think everyone should. But to answer your you know, initial question, like, yeah, <laughs> do you think we are very removed from what is, there's a lot of information out there. You can, you can kind of find anything that you want. I know with, um, a lot of the things that I chose to eat and like any vitamin tells you if you're pregnant or nursing, maybe don't do this. And I do think that that's a shame because it's not always the case. And there are some things that are really, really helpful that people avoid because they don't, they don't know. And they, they don't want to be wrong. Um, and man, you don't want to be wrong. But no, I definitely, I definitely, you know, carried around a copy of the green handbook and and tried really hard to do my own research and, and do what I felt comfortable doing. And 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 if there was any question, I stayed away from it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. And then, and we, we often would, um, my family and I make decisions sort of in the same way as when you're traveling in Asia, you know, people want to be helpful, they want to, give information, but they so don't want to displease you that they'll, they'll tell you the wrong direction somewhere when you're asking for directions. So we always <laughs> would, we would always do, you know, we'd ask at least three people and if two out of three give the same answer, then, Hey, then that gives us something to think about. And we totally often do the it. same thing yeah. <laughs> with, with foods and, and advice. And, you know, the tricky thing is, is that, you know, around the world, there are different ideas of what's okay and what's not okay. Obviously in places like Japan, people are probably eating sushi in, you know, good certain places or, and people are using certain herbs in India that we would never use. And um, our ideas of what's okay and what's not okay is is very different in Czech Republic. Women don't leave the house basically for six weeks, Shesti Nedeli, six Sundays. People do not see other people. People would not take their babies out. Most of the time I'm talking an average, but that's the philosophy and the idea. There's even a section in the, in the hospital called six Sundays, you know, you just stay away. We had our, we basically got out of the hospital, which we never intended to be in, in the first place, and went straight to our favorite restaurant with the souffle and, you know, had her and, you know, everybody was happy, including her. So, you know, everybody's different, but as far as foods, it's the same, same kind of thing. So
0: yeah, just coming back to yourself and source and whatever uh, is true for you. I, with my son, my, my son was born at home and, um, my, my midwives were wonderful and lived again in the neighborhood. So it was like this wonderful sense of community there too, to go up to the, to see the doctor there. But, um, I know one of the things that they told me, I'm a runner and they said, you know, and it was really beautiful the way they explained it. They, it was because I asked if I could keep running and they were like, well, you know, you can, you can do whatever you want, but this is the, this really unique time in your life where you don't have to do that. So maybe you don't want to do that. And I thought it was such a beautiful way to say it that I completely did that for a couple months. And then at like seven months, I was like, oh, but I feel gross because I like to run and running makes me feel better. And I, I mean, I wasn't fast and I wasn't aggressively doing it, but I still, I, I would run and walk and whatever. And I did, I felt so much better. So mm. even the best intentions, what works for someone else might not work for you. And that's really important to remember.
1: Exactly. And even what you just said, even at different points for yourself, it might feel different. Like those first months of pregnancy, sometimes you're just so tired. I felt like I could sleep for days. And then I felt personally like more energized later. So, you know, you made different decisions at different points. I'm so glad you listened to your body because the worst is if you, you feel you shouldn't. And there's so many shouldn'ts out there. I actually tell people not, you know, stop reading all those books it's gonna freak you out. (laughs) Like You're gonna be like trying to figure out what is the right thing instead of listening. So uh, that's really cool that you did that. Well, before we say goodbye, I wanted to have asked you just two last questions. The first one is uh, because that was one of the topics that we were originally thinking as well, since it's this time of year, what would be, I know that they're probably all your favorites, but if you were to recommend a couple of favorites, two or three things that you think would be amazing to bring to your holiday celebrations uh or as you're preparing for the holidays you know out there what what would you recommend
0: um so I I am ridiculously partial to peanut butter so um everything (laughs) I think I even say that at one point in the book where I'm like you could use almond butter but I don't know why you would do that I mean it's it's (laughs) I have a, a a mom friend that I love that is um, uh, an acupuncturist and nutritionist, and she's really big on like you know not so many nuts and 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 not the almonds and no cashews and whatever. And and that was one of those things where after hanging out with me for a couple of weeks, she was like, you know, you're making me realize that everyone just needs to do what they need to do. Um, but uh, she would definitely tell you to stay away from from as much peanuts as. You can. <laughs> can. I do not subscribe to that and actually have like a charm bracelet somewhere that says peanut butter. I love it so much. But, <laughs> um, so with that being said, I, I highly, um, endorse the, uh, peanut butter oat bars. They, they have peanut butter, both on the, you know, ganache and in the body of the bar itself. Um, they're easy, they're delicious. I've never met anyone who doesn't like it. If you don't like peanut butter or you don't want peanut butter, you can use almond butter. We marked Um, one of those, by the way, it's, we've got a big sticky note there. (laughs) Those are, those are amazing. Um, and then the, the peanut butter bomb cookies are probably my other favorite, which is like a little peanut butter dumpling inside of a, a chocolate cookie. Um, and that recipe actually, it's one of my favorite pictures. And I initially, we took a bunch of pictures of it. And we had cut it open down the middle, and it was like the most perfect cookie. Like the layer was perfect, and I thought I thought Gemma told me that we got it, and so I ate it. And then the one that ended up in the book <laughs> is is a very imperfect cookie because I ate the perfect one. So <laughs> we had to reshoot it because I think the tablecloth was like wrinkled or something. But so those are my favorites. Um, there are some pretty holiday inspired ones, like that. The there's like a vegan eggnog. Yeah. Um, it's really delicious. And there's a spiced cider that I love to make for the holidays. And I, I particularly love doing that one with CBD. My husband doesn't drink anymore. And so that's like one of his favorites around the holidays to have something to get excited about. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause it puts that amazing smell in the air. It feels like the holidays, you feel like yeah. there should be rain or snow outside. And-
0: yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> and you Actually, even if you're not going to imbibe in spirits, but Yeah thank you and i would
1: love to hear just your last last advice like if, to anyone just embarking on this this journey of creating your recipes using cbd what would be i know sort of a last thought for them just
0: i think that that you can really do it in a way and and make it your own i mean i i do more salads I think with cbd as a dressing and pastas and things like that than than any of the baked goods but the baked goods are beautiful and it's such a treat and people get really excited about them that I mean I I mean you know so it's it's it doesn't have to be a you don't have to be eating you know cookies and and brownies every day if you don't want to you can you can do and you do, I mean obviously you can take cbd without a food but I did I noticed some real differences when I took it on a full stomach. I thought it made me feel better. Um, then, Which then, is
1: opposite to when people are dosing with, you know, pot and things like that, Then they want to have more of an empty stomach to get the effect stronger and faster exactly, and all that. Exactly.
0: So my entire experience with this has, mo- has been, you know, under the guise of a micro dose. I've never, I, you know, I'm, I, my, my, you know, party days are definitely behind me. So I'm, I'm not somebody that needs to, to change my state of mind um, in any drastic way. I just want to feel more even in the best possible version of myself. And I really do feel like this helped. CBD helped do that.
1: That's great. And it sounds like it's more leaning in the direction of sort of homeopathy where less is more. I mean, you, you, you start with that and then see how it how things yeah. evolve.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, certainly for me,
1: that was my experience. Sure.
0: Everybody's
1: different,
0: like you said. And
1: I, I, I have to ask, because this is what came to my mind, uh, is when I was reading your, your book, uh, at the end, you have a little bit of savory. Now, is that a little bit of a teaser for what's coming in the future? Or did you, or you have a, a big savory book coming? Or is, or you just uh, wanted to, like, what was the thought there? Because you've got sweet, 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 sweet. And then you're like, oh, look, there's a salsa and some queso. <laughs>
0: Well, I come on, guys, <laughs> write letters to my agent. Let's do this. Um, I have a lot of savory recipes, and it really was just kind of um, I had them, and I think initially we weren't sure if if they fit into this space. And then at the last minute we got some info you know, we had a little more feedback from a few more people that said, oh, a savory section might be really nice. And so we did end up adding it um but I would love to do another cookbook. I've, I've pitched another, I, I, a few more ideas. And so maybe something will work out. Um, it is hear that guys, <laughs> Well, it will definitely be more challenging now that I, I work full time at like the busiest place ever. But I, Well,
1: I can see that Netflix is full on, so I can yeah. imagine.
0: Yeah, it would, it would be a challenge, but, um, I would definitely burn some midnight oil and spend some weekend time doing that.
1: Yeah, well, we'll, de- we'll definitely get people writing then because that, I mean, just for, <laughs> it doesn't matter how long it takes. Just they, look, they all look really good. It was nice to see that your are savory and your sweet or equally attractive and yummy. And I'm a person who does not, I'm not big in the go buy a big vat of fakey queso from from Costco. I, everybody's like, yeah, look the dips out and I'm just thinking what is in there so when i saw that i thought that's one of the first savory recipes i
0: wanted to try i'm so curious because i'm such an aversion to the real case well it's really again because they're putting weird stuff in it to keep it that consistency like just i have we we have people especially now come and do like backyard hangs or whatever and the the thing that people are without fail most excited about is some kind of vegan dip that they can't believe is vegan Roast nuts in a pan and add anything to it, and it will be so yummy. Like it's just, (laughs) you can't fail. Like really, yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, Jamie, thank you so much for your time. I'm so thankful. I know you've got a really busy schedule, and you just put out this amazing book. And we're gonna be sharing this with the audience for, and I'm gonna give them a little teaser later. So we'll talk more about that. But before you go, please just let us know where people can find you. We're gonna put links, of course, in the in the podcast description that where would you love for them to find you and see what you're up to and say, hello and say, come please make more savory. Yeah, cookbooks um, or...
0: so <laughs> I have, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely an Instagram user. So I'm alt alchemy is my handle. Um, and there is a website. AlternativeAlchemy.com. I should probably do more with it. Um, my husband keeps telling me that he's going to help me and then he doesn't and whatever, but we'll, we'll get to that part later. I know about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we didn't get to partner support. That's another day. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. So the, those are the places that you can find me.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Well, I wish you a beautifully imperfect day. Thank you so much for uh, all the energy and the time that you've put out there. For your own creation that is inspiring other people not only to create from your recipes but to play around and find their own path inside of that and in their own lives with what they're creating that means a lot uh, your courage and uh perseverance is you know it's just paying forward to everyone else so yeah thank you, thank
0: you. I you <laughs> <That> was wonderful <laughs>
1: Is there any other way we can support you, Jamie, on your own path right now? No, I mean, I I feel really supported and like seen right now. So thank you. Good. Well, you know, you're doing great things and that I just get chills. Even just you saying that the community that you've created and you're a part of uh, just inspires people to do something similar. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you. I hope you can get a
1: tiny rest
0: before your next. (laughs) That's the dream. (laughs) all right jamie
1: well i hope someday to to meet you at some uh invite you to some uh event after you've had a a rest and respite from your amazing creations and maybe we'll see you again sometime
0: i would love it please do thank you so much
1: (laughs) thank you take care bye-bye thank you so much jamie for your incredible story i'm so honored to have been able to witness and be a part of that conversation and. To be in that room with all of you. If you're still here, then you're waiting for the giveaway information. Now you need to go to IP underscore parenting on Instagram and uh, Ariel Green Anderson on Instagram. Either one of those. I'm going to be doing giveaways on both because I love you that much. And uh, because this is midlife pregnancy and motherhood, week. I am going to do it in both places. And thank you so much to the publisher and to Jamie for their incredible generosity. This is a book that you really want. This is such a lovely book. I keep saying it, but I can't help it. So dive in there. By the time you hear this, it will be already up there and you can dive in. And I, if you listen to the end of the podcast, I am going to ask you to just include in any way the word peanut butter, and I will know that you've been on the podcast and I might add a little bonus for you. Let's do that. Okay, have a beautifully imperfect day. See you soon. Next week is a surprise. Thank you for listening to our Very Imperfect Parenting podcast. If you'd like a little more like live coaching sessions, then jump into facebook.com backslash You can also write me at ariel at imperfectparenting.net or jump on that site for other resources like book reviews and other fun things. If you would just share with one person or let one person know about this podcast, that helps us a lot. As well, we have Patreon with extra privileges and have a beautifully imperfect day. Thank you so much for being out there.